0: Last time on Whatever the Weather.
1: Bright green fireball lit up the night sky. And uh, that fireball was a meteor exploding above Wisconsin. And that uh, exploded meteor... All rain down into Lake Michigan.
2: You have the some video of the the meteorite coming through the atmosphere yes. but then you got the radar yeah, data right and so that allows you to do what?
1: It gives us our treasure map. Lake Michigan is big and so to have yeah. any way to focus that search is really helpful.
2: And the belief is that all the material landed somewhere in Lake Michigan. Every single bit of it. So let's think about this for a second. Sure. So we've got a four and a half by four and a half sled. Right. In giant Lake Michigan. Yep, yep.
1: And we're hoping to find a meteorite. Oh, sure. Oh, yeah. How is that going to happen? Well, (laughs) uh huh. You're asking all the right questions.
0: Up next, the small student built sled designed to search the bottom of massive Lake Michigan for meteorite fragments. Meteorologist Larry Mowry continues his discussion with Chris Bresky, teen programs manager for the Adler Planetarium. Now, on whatever the weather.
2: Okay, so going back to the, the students and the project, so thinking about how do we get something underwater to retrieve a meteorite, mm-hmm. what did you come up with?
1: Sure. So, I mean, ex- exploring space is a lot like exploring the deep, and we're going using similar methods. They're very hard to do. And you can't really uh, thrive as a human being, both breathing in space or breathing underwater. So you have to figure out the right technology. The exciting thing about being on museum campus is that we're surrounded by scientists of different fields, and they all really came into play for this hunt. We have meteorite experts or meteoritics experts over at the field, astronomers here at the Adler Planetarium, and we even have marine biologists at the shed. And marine biologists do a lot of underwater recovery, analysis, and they, and talking to Uh, Dr. Philip Willink uh, from The Shed, research biologist, he encouraged us to use a sled. So if you think of a sled normally sliding over snow, small (coughs) particles all put together to create this soft substance, the bottom of Lake Michigan or parts of it are a lot the same with sediment or sand. Something to slide over the bottom uh, would be the right uh, tool for this hunt or one of the tools for this hunt. So he tasked the teens that I was working with over the summer to build a sled to hunt for these meteorites.
2: And the sled... Kind of describe to us what it looks like. Yeah,
1: yeah. So a sled on its own, you're like, okay, I'm thinking snow or find your lake bottom. But how does that pick up meteorites? Well, talking to the scientists uh, involved from both the Adler and the uh, Field Museum, they assured us that a large percentage of these falls have iron uh, in them, nickel iron, and that can be attracted to a, a magnet or a magnet can attract that, that iron. It's gotcha. ferromagnetic. So that that helped us, right? It's one thing to like drag a sled and just scoop up whatever, but now if we're using a magnet... Now we can sift through the rocks that aren't magnetic and and maybe pick up something that is.
2: So if you're like a fisherman, instead of using a net to catch a bunch of fish and hope you get the right one, you can now specifically go down and catch the fish you want.
1: I get the right lure. Yeah, Yeah, that's right. Exactly. The right right bait and everything. The right bait. bait. Exactly. Perfect. So we're catching the right. Granted, there are a lot of other uh, metallic, uh, you know, Fish in the sea, probably, you know, after a hundred years or so of, you know, all the industry around Lake Michigan. But um, because we're at about 150 feet and we're about 10 miles off, we're hoping to um, avoid a lot of the heavy traffic. Of the different debris that we might pick up, but that is another one of our design challenges.
2: And the sled's not very big. It's what would you say the dimensions on the sled currently are?
1: the s- sled? This iteration of the sled, mm-hmm. because I don't want to I don't want to cut it off here. There's all different sorts of really great ideas that the teens keep coming up with, and all the different students involved. But this one right is about four and a half feet by four and a half feet. Okay. And the magnets that we found are really they're very strong magnets. So like I said, there's metal in these meteorites, but not a lot of metal. So we're thinking about five to ten percent. The meteorites are um, hypothesized to be what are called L chondrites, and that just means low. Low L meaning low amounts of that metal. Gotcha. Um, So because it's low, it needs a strong magnet to pick it up. So we have these strong magnets attached to a sled. The current iteration has three wheels of very strong magnets that roll along the bottom of the lake with the sled as it's being dragged behind a boat and then it has baskets to scrape those wheels and retrieve the meteorites.
2: So we've got an idea. It's about a two-mile-by-two-mile square out in Lake Michigan, and you were saying that there are two shipwrecks in this area as well that could impact the search. Yeah,
1: yeah. Well, they could be used, (laughs) they, they could be good and they could be bad. So the good of them is that when you're out on this large lake, as you're reminding me so much how massive this space is that we're looking into, <laughs> which it is, which it is. It's very a very big area. Um, it's a, a guidepost, you know. Once we we can uh, center ourselves around that uh, wreck, that known wreck, where the dives have happened and it's been charted, and so we have those GPS coordinates, then we can start charting out from there. And it's 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 close to that central area that I'm talking about where we'll want to be hunting. But the the bad of that is that one of these wrecks just happened to be shipping iron ore when it went down so with a sled covered in highly powerful magnets that could prove difficult <laughs> and iron ore is pretty magnetic <laughs> pretty 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 <laughs> magnetic yeah, yeah yeah so we're just gonna steer clear of uh the ships with the sled but the good thing is we're that's not our only tool that we're deploying down there we're also the teams are working on creating an underwater robot a, a, an rov a remotely operated vehicle that will be able to dive down there and not only be eyes uh, for us down in that field of where the meteors landed in that strewn field, but also they're working on a sensor that can work as a, um, an underwater metal detector so you can see a an odd rock or any rock and uh, fly your ROV up to it and sense if there's metal inside of that rock.
2: We're sitting right now in the Far Horizons lab at the Adler Planetarium and it looks like a workshop. You would see kind of any electrician yep. or maybe you know any type of uh, Hardware store, even. Sure. Uh, And so in this lab is where the Aquarius project took off. Yeah. But you have all this equipment around you, too. Just kind of describe what we're sitting in right Right. now. Right.
1: To our left, we have like shelves above your head of um, different microcontrollers and soldering implements and circuitry and wiring and potentiometers and all sorts of glues and epoxy things to get stuck in or stick yourself with. Velcro of all its different shapes and sizes, wires <laughs> of the.
2: Because that's a colors. NASA invention, it, right? You gotta have Velcro. <laughs> man, it comes in handy more than you'd ever realize. Coming up. We're gonna go take a look at the sled that you've built with the students. Yeah, nice. And so we're gonna you're gonna talk me through kind of what we're seeing with the sled. Yeah,
0: please. Right after this. Next week on Whatever the Weather, what would your horticulturalist do? and of all the things out in our landscapes that are just slow to wake up this spring the lawns the lawns have been like teenage boys they just they just sleep and sleep they're sleeping 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 meteorologist tracy butler talks with gardening expert jennifer brennan next time on whatever the weather
2: we're standing in front of the sled that's going to go down into the bottom of Lake Michigan and try to retrieve meteorites. And Chris, I'm looking at this, and it kind of looks like, almost like an industrial crate that you would have, but it's made
1: out of, what is this, plastic, some type of plastic? It is actually upcycled cutting board from the Shedd Aquarium kitchens.
2: (laughs) That's cutting board. It does, it is cutting board. And you can even see the knife marks on it too, right? (laughs) Yeah, Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. and and within the, the cutting board here, you've got, a whole bunch of other instruments and contraptions that have been put together that, oh, yeah. that do something. Talk, talk me through it.
1: Yeah, like I was saying, this is the kitchen sink technique. We're just, we've got all these different um, theories of how of how these objects might be retrieved, and so we're. This is our first go into the strewn field, so we're just going to try all these different methods. So yeah, we have a lot of different things going on. Let's start in the front. So in the front of this. Sled and like yeah, you said it looks kind of like a pallet, like a like That's an industrial pallet, yeah, yeah, but made out of whatever plastic material you make um, industrial cutting boards out of. It just uh, you know goes to show you our budget that we're working with as a uh, nonprofit scientist. <laughs> um, great. So the beginning, the front of the um, sled, you'll see some brushes on the underneath, on the underside. Um, the brushes on the underside would help guide any debris, hopefully meteorites and meteorite fragments towards these very strong magnets. So we have a couple very strong magnets. One's gonna pass this one, uh, the first one, which is, uh, we can talk about that in a second, but it might stick to that, you know, who knows. There's a magnet, hopefully something good will stick to it. But the main ones that we're focusing on is this wheel. And it's kinda like the Price is Right
2: wheel, where there's a magnet at every little section of it, and as the wheel would spin, it would hopefully attract any type of rock that has
1: Magnetism. Yes. Instead of, like, numbers 1 through a 100 or whatever on this wheel, we have very, very incredibly strong magnets. Now, in the testing process, the team has, like, deemed these with different names, like Finger Cruncher, um, Bad Day, Sprained Ankle, or something like that, because these have a way... No one's lost a finger. No one's lost a finger, but there have been some bruises, (laughs) which is why they're now safely secured to this wheel. But you can even see that each of these housings of the wheel with these magnets... Uh, are are plastic, and they are 3D printed. So these 3D printers behind you, these teens, designed, measured, and went through different iterations of how to make the best housing for these really unwieldy magnets. But something to be durable, uh, hold these magnets um, in high-pressure situations, and then attach them to, again, this is upcycled as well, these wheels that are made of um, upcycled filament wheels from 3D printing. So if you turn around right here, you can see the 3D printing filament goes oh. around a spool and that spool now is what's housing these magnets. Oh, that's great. Yeah.
2: It's ultimate recycling. Yep. Yeah. Yep.
1: It's ultimate recycling. <laughs> so the brushes are guiding the debris towards these wheels and as the sled moves along the bottom of the lake, it's being towed by a boat. It doesn't have any motor on it uh, itself. It's just all being uh, pulled by the boat the wheels are spinning along the bottom and as they spin they'll pick up something magnetic and as the wheel spins around you can kind of hear it um, moving here. There you go. And it's being scraped by uh, a little scrubber right here that would take the meteorite off the wheel and house it inside a clear plexiglass cage.
2: Like a little shelf container type thing yep. on the sled that would pick up anything that the magnets picked up and then store it, so when you brought it back up, you could just look in the uh, little container and you'd see what you got.
1: Yeah, some people say, well, does it work? And I can say for a fact that it does with magnetic material. We tested it off the coast of Milwaukee and we recovered a large amount of muscles, quagga muscles. And you're like, what? You thought you're only supposed to pick up things that are magnetic? Well, yes, these muscles were magnetic. They're in a shipping lane, and the debris from boats or, like, decaying hulls of ships became almost sand-like. These mussels ingested them and then either put it into their shell or were holding onto it and then got sh- shucked off into the basket. That's amazing. Magnetic mussels prove the sled works. It's kind of scary, though, where you think what's in the, in it's, the lake, though. Yep. It, get, it starts making you ask even more questions. Yeah. Wow.
2: <laughs> okay, so you got the, the container here to collect anything you have, and then on the tail end of this... Mm-hmm. If you've ever uh, picked pecans before, sure. there's this roller that you'd roll on the ground underneath the pecan tree to pick them up. Yep. And it kind of looks like that.
1: It's exactly that. It's, it's that. It, these, are, these are repurposed nut wizards to be the catch-all for everything else. So if the magnets weren't catching enough, There's a thought that maybe after a year of being underwater, the metal from these meteorites could have rusted. Maybe, you know, we're in the strewn field, we're in the most dense area, but the magnets aren't gonna be the thing that picks them up. This is gonna be the catch-all for everything else.
2: So it's a pretty elaborate setup, and how many iterations of this have you gone through? This
1: is the third? Okay. Yeah, yeah, and there's a fourth being built right now over at Brother Rice High School. The teens over there are implementing a bilge pump to suck up sediment and then sort it with different strengths of magnets. So kind of changing our design a little bit and um, adding a little bit uh, more complexity to it.
2: The other piece of equipment we have here in the lab is is what? Because it's kind of in pieces right now. <laughs> yeah.
1: yeah, it will be, it will be. Like I said, science is sometimes slower. It is a team created uh, or team built um, underwater robot, an, an ROV, a remotely operated vehicle. It's through uh, OpenROV, which is all about encouraging open science and citizen science exploration of of the water for um, an affordable way. And they have created this really great kit, I guess, uh, to uh, for underwater exploration. And so this is a robot that the teens are building, and um, with it, they're building a magnetometer. And the magnetometer, um, this is a, a test of the magnetometer, but... The magnetometer is going to work as an underwater metal detector. So, like I said, this, these rocks have metal in them, and uh, this ROV will actually be able to fly down to the depth of the bottom of the lake and scout out in the strewn field the different rocks. And um, does this rock look any different? Who knows, but. But if we put a magnetometer up into it, it can tell if there's metal in it or not. So
2: basically, you're going to point this robot at a rock, and it's going to tell you whether or not it's got any magnetism to it. It's a space rock or not. That's cool, yeah. (laughs) And I'm looking at the container you're holding right now, and it's got the magnetometer in it. And I also see wide-lined, ruled paper like you'd use in... Elementary school or high school to write term papers on before we had computers and on it are the whole like schematics of this project Which I just love the fact that it's not on a computer. You,
1: you hand drew it out. Yeah. Right? Yeah, not me. Not me This is a high schooler So Carmen um, and you can also see there's some cartoons of frustrated cartoons on here um, with her <laughs> exasperated uh, Feelings about the design process,
2: right? There's one, one of the-
1: that says don't mess it up <laughs> <laughs> Yes, one of them says ah uh, Nothing is working this project keeps changing. <laughs> it's just like you got to see her design process and uh, and the wonderful frustration of uh, iterative design. That's Whitney. so yeah. great. Yeah.
2: And you know, you've got this underwater vehicle that you're putting together. And I think as you're listening to this, you may be thinking of like Jacques Cousteau and the big submarine that's going down underwater. This thing is really tiny. It's only maybe about going to be about a foot by foot big. Yeah. yeah, we'll say about a bread box, but no yeah. bigger than that. Yep and the propellers that would, you know, propel it through the water are these little tiny things like you'd get on like one of those uh, hand-controlled speedboats that you'd put on a, yep. on a pool or pretty, something or in a lake? Similar. And it's going to hold this magnetometer that's going to check out rocks. Yep. Which is kind of cool. Yeah, really cool. And then
1: do you have to put lights on it then, or how, how are you going to be able to see down there? So it's at at that depth. Um, I've been told by some divers that there still is going to be a lot of natural light, but there are lights that are going to be on the ROV. And then we're also thinking about, you know, if we do find something. Uh, with this uh, magnetometer on an ROV. How do we pick it up? You know we have this sled as a different tool but um, maybe are we attaching a magnet to this ROV as well and will that mess up our magnetometer? We'll have to figure that and test that out.
2: The other thing I have to mention though is the controller for this underwater robot is a basically playstation controller right yep <laughs> we've got to
1: make it accessible to teens right that's
2: right yeah well teens know about that <laughs> they so sure they're, they're gonna be yep. great controllers yep. of this right that's what i'm yeah. thinking that's yeah. what I'm
1: guessing yep excellent
2: yeah chris thank you very much for having us here today yeah. chris Bresky with the adler planetarium on the aquarius project good luck to you thank you very much and i appreciate it first uh boat trip is looking to be sometime in may right hopefully in may yeah mid to late may and then how many trips do you expect to make through the summer? Maybe three, maybe four, if we're lucky. Yeah. And if you keep finding stuff, you go back for more, oh, right? Right, <laughs> right. <laughs> All right, Chris, thank you very much. Thank you very much.
0: Today's episode was produced by Jen Rourke. You can find this and more podcasts like it at abc7chicago.com slash podcasts.